0: Okay, if you have a Bible and you uh, want to use that, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. We'll look at verses 16 through 18, and you uh, can also just turn the page, see the passage uh, there printed there in the bulletin. <clears throat> um, so the way Jesus talks about fasting here, fasting uh, is sort of a subject that uh, we don't really talk about much, but Jesus indicates that ex- he, he expects it's something that his disciples will do. His his disciples will fast. We don't really talk about it much. Um, uh, It's probably an issue with our broader culture. It's probably an issue with me uh, that we don't talk much about fasting. But maybe uh, our broader culture, you know, we've just grown used to uh, enjoying good pleasures and comforts uh, on demand, pretty much. Our uh, appetites are always satisfied and gratified. We're used to literally being full of food pretty much all the time. You know, an hour after a perfectly good dinner Uh, The slightest interest in more food will send the children to the kitchen uh, to browse the refrigerator, pantry, and cupboards for something to keep them satisfied, right? We just ate dinner, but it's not enough. Uh, We always have to stay uh, full. We have certain basic unspoken expectations of life that don't really include going hungry for significant periods of time, right? Uh, So fasting seems to be uh, more popular as sort of a recreational trend maybe for people trying to build a certain physique than it is as a spiritual expression of someone's relationship with God. Uh, But Jesus says that there's a reward in our fasting, a spiritual reward from the Father. So uh, we'll talk about it a little bit this morning. Hopefully uh, this morning we'll get some sense of what fasting is and how we would do it and why we would do it in light of the gospel. So let's pray, then we'll read the scripture. Father, help us to give our attention to your Son and to his words. Help us to learn from Jesus how to relate to you through fasting. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll read uh, verse 1 and then down to 16 and on. Uh, Beware of practicing your righteousness or doing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, O Christ. Uh, so it's good to start, I think, with a just very basic definition of fasting. Fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. <laughs> it, that's it's pretty simple. Abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. So we're not talking about <clears throat> uh, dietary fasting for uh, medical or weight loss purposes. Uh, we're talking about fasting that has to do explicitly with our relationship with God. Right? Other kinds of fasting, that's fine. What we're talking about, what Jesus is talking about here, is fasting that has to do with our relationship with God, spiritual purposes. And we're not really talking either about uh, fasting from other things like television, uh, video games, social media, uh, hot showers. You know, it's Lent. I, I read a thing on, on uh, the, a website that was like, here's some ideas, things to fast from for Lent. Fast from hot showers. Just use lukewarm water instead of hot water. Uh, <clears throat> fast from the use of your snooze button on your alarm clock. Stuff like that. Okay, well, we're not talking about stuff like that. Uh, Maybe sometimes you need a break from things like television, uh, video games, social media, hot showers. uh, For the sake of overcoming addictions to to some of these things. Or uh, growing in self-control or growing in self-denial. But there's a fundamental difference between things like that and food. Uh, People will say that fasting is about giving up good things to find our highest good in God. That's almost right. Uh, it's true that television, video games, everything like that, they're, they're good things. We can be thankful for these good things. Uh, we can enjoy these good things in our relationship with God. Obviously, food is good too, but food isn't just good. Food is necessary. Food is necessary for life. Uh, food is necessary for life in a way that no other good thing is, except maybe like, you know, water, air, and sunlight, right? But you're not going to give those things up for Lent. You, fasting... Uh, Is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Food is necessary for life in a pretty unique way uh, among all the good gifts that God gives us. Sometimes we'll talk about fasting uh, maybe from a specific kind of food or drink, uh, like coffee or alcohol or sugar, going without something that we really like, maybe that we've even become dependent on or that we have some sort of uh, ritual habit in our lives. But uh, when the Bible talks about fasting, it's talking about going without food. Uh, It's talking about going hungry because you're not eating going without the basic sustenance that's required for life, uh, for physical life. Biologically speaking, fasting is not sustainable for very long. You will die if you don't eat food. If you never eat sugar again, uh, it won't be that big of a deal. If you never drink alcohol uh, again, give up alcohol forever. If you never play video games again, it's not going to kill you, right? Um, But without food, you won't survive more than a few weeks at best, and you'll start to feel pretty desperate about it after just one day. Uh, There might be some value in giving up those other good things, you know, again, for the sake of learning contentment or discipline or to combat idolatry. But when the Bible talks about fasting, Jesus is talking about, he's talking about going hungry, going hungry. So Lloyd-Jones says, says this, what exactly is fasting? What is its purpose? There can be no doubt that ultimately it is something which is based on an understanding of the relationship between the body and the spirit These are very intimately related to one another and interact very closely upon one another. What fasting really means is abstinence from food, this physical bodily thing you're doing, for spiritual purposes. So human beings are both physical beings and spiritual beings. God made us that way, and we cannot ignore the reality of either one or the other of those. When God made Adam... And placed him in the garden, one of the very first things he did was give him food to eat generously and abundantly, right? All the trees from the garden, except for that one, uh, were given to Adam, given to human beings for food. God made humanity to be dependent. This is part of how he made us. We are not self-sustaining creatures, right? Uh, We need to consume material from external sources so that we can incorporate it into our own bodies and get energy from it for life. We need to eat food to live. God gives us the good gift of food that we need to live, and he also gives it to us as a means of relating to him. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, God created food to, to be received with thanksgiving. That is, actually, with, with prayer, you receive your food with thanksgiving. You're, you're eating your food in God's presence as a gift that he's given you to be enjoyed in relationship with him. So food is a symbol of God's provision for us, but it's more than a symbol. It is his real provision for us. It is how our physical lives are really sustained by God. is eating food. So eating food is something we need to do, and we're meant to do it in relationship with God, uh, thanking God for it, enjoying it in his presence. Uh, we don't just live out our spiritual life in our heads, apart from mundane practices like eating and drinking, right? Uh, as if what we did with our bodies didn't really matter for our relationship with God. What really matters in your relationship with God is when you're over here just thinking or praying, right? Uh, we live out our spiritual life with God as physical creatures. Normally that means eating food with reference to God, with regard to your relationship with him. Fasting means we don't eat food still with reference to God, still with regard to our relationship with him. Fasting means we have access to God's gift of food, but we don't eat it. Fasting means going hungry, going without the food you need to survive as a temporary feature of your relationship with God. It it is something Jesus assumes his people will do. He doesn't say, if you fast, but when you fast. As his people, there will be certain times in our lives when fasting will happen, uh, when it makes sense to fast, when it seems right, actually, to fast, when our personal, personal relationship with him finds expression in our abstaining from food, in our physical hunger. Why would our relationship with Jesus lead us to that? Why would our relationship with Jesus lead us to fast? <clears throat> I think the most helpful passage on fasting, probably in the whole Bible, is uh, is just a little bit later in Matthew's Gospel. So we'll talk about it again in a couple of years when we get to Matthew nine, um, <laughs> three chapters from now. <laughs> uh, it says this: the disciples of John came to Jesus saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So Jesus connects fasting to uh, mourning the absence of a loved one. That's what it boils down to, mourning the absence of a loved one. A wedding celebration is no time for such it's no, it's no time for such fasting. It's a time for feasting and for joy. A wedding celebration is. <clears throat> but when you're missing someone, when you feel a relational lack or a longing or a pain, when you feel a desperate need or a hunger for that person, that's when it's time to fast. It's actually pretty natural. It's actually pretty natural to do that. Have you ever suffered a painful relational loss? Uh, Maybe a loved one walked away from you. uh, Maybe a loved one died. In your grief, in your mourning, the absence of that person, that relationship, you might have lost your appetite. and You were so troubled that you couldn't eat. The greater need was not for physical food at that point. The greater need was relational at that point. So hunger is an unpleasant, uncomfortable experience, right? The feeling of hunger is appropriate to describe such a deep relational need. The absence of a loved one. There's an ache there that's similar to hunger. There's a yearning. There's something missing. Something's incomplete. Something's not quite right. Fasting is for times like that. Uh, Fasting is for times when you can't think about anything else, right? Just like when you're hungry for food. When you're hungry for this relationship and you can't think about anything else. Jesus said that's what it would be like for his people when the bridegroom was taken away from them. So he's not just talking about uh, when he died on the cross and was in the tomb for that period of three days. Uh, Because even after his resurrection, after he ascended into heaven bodily, his people have been longing for his presence. He's been bodily absent from us. That's the reality that the scriptures talk about. Yes, we believe he is alive, we find our hope in him, we know his love, we're thankful for his spirit, we rejoice in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We rejoice, that characterizes our relationship with him and our relationship with God very well, most of the time. We rejoice in Christ, but we still miss him, we still long for the day when we'll see him with these eyes. Uh, As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. So there's a real absence. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord, is what Paul says. So that's the real expression of our relationship with him in our fasting. We would rather be with Jesus than in our own bodies apart from him. We need Jesus more than we need food. Jesus is more important to us than physical life itself. This is what it means to love him for his own sake, apart from his good gifts. All the good gifts, the way that he sustains our physical life, these are good things. We could be thankful. This is what it means to love him for his own sake, apart from his good gifts, even the most necessary gift of food. As Jubilee read from Psalm 42, our Old Testament reading, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The human being has no deeper need than the bodily need for food, except for the need of our souls for God himself. No deeper need than the bodily need for food, except for the need of our souls for God himself. Fasting gives expression to this deepest need for God, when we lament Jesus' absence, when we long for Jesus' presence, fasting says, I need Jesus more than I need food, which is saying a lot. Fasting says, all the worlds, all the fruits of the earth cannot satisfy me apart from Jesus. Fasting says, I hunger and I thirst for Jesus. I cannot live without Jesus. Fasting expresses this hunger Can also, be used to cultivate this hunger, this uh, spiritual focus. This is something Joe Pope mentioned uh, to me this week that I hadn't really thought about before that fasting can be used to cultivate this hunger. Right? He said uh, that uh, hunger pangs can remind us to pray that we would hunger for Jesus more than we hunger for food. You get to pray that prayer more when you haven't eaten all day. Right? When you're really hungry, you can use it as a reminder to pray that God would make you hungry for Himself in these ways. <clears throat> the hungrier you are, the more you desire the food that will end the fast. You don't want to be in a perpetual fast. Nobody wants that. Right? You want the fast to end. and You want that, that food that comes at the end of it. And the hungrier you are, the longer you've fasted, the more desperate that desire is. The more you look forward to eating and being full again. The more precious food becomes, the more thankful you'll be for it. Fasting is an opportunity to grow in your desire for God. To grow in your anticipation of being filled and being fully satisfied in Him. Fasting is a way to heighten your appreciation for God's provision. To not take food for granted. To not take Jesus for granted. To grow more thankful for God's provision of what you really need. Fasting is a personal, intimate profession to God. There is only one reward that you want. Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Which brings us around to our passage again. uh, Jesus tells us to do our fasting in secret before the Father alone for his reward. So in the Bible, fasting is often connected to mourning or lamenting or repentance. And when you're absorbed in those things, you tend not to look your best, right? Um, Sometimes uh, people who are fasting in the scriptures would put on rough sackcloth for clothing, and they would rub ashes on their heads as uh, visible signs of their mourning and their fasting. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, uh, but Jesus says the hypocrites do stuff like that in order to get seen, in order to get noticed, right? They make a show of their devotion to God to draw attention and, and draw praise from other people. Oh, wow, you're fasting. You must be a very serious Christian, very strong Christian, very devoted. Right? And that's the reward that the hypocrites are after. <clears throat> Jesus says they, they want to be full with the praise of men. That praise is less filling than a bowl of salad. Right? It's, if you would fast because you want to impress other people, then their good opinion of you is, uh, is what you're really hungry for. If you're really desperate for their approval, if that's what you really need, then uh, you're not being honest about your fasting, saying, God, I need you more than anything. You're, you're not really hungry for the bread of life, the true bread that comes down from heaven. So Jesus says, don't put on that show. Don't look gloomy. Don't put ashes on your face, whatever it was, disfigure yourself. Uh, don't go about with a look that calls attention to your piety. Wash up, look normal, because your fasting is between you and God. When he says, uh, anoint your head and wash your face, he isn't saying, put on a fake smile, right? Pretend like everything's great. He's not saying, stop putting on the gloomy show, and start putting on the happy show as if you were just exchanging, you know, one false appearance for another. Jesus doesn't advocate hiding your feelings. Jesus doesn't advocate faking your feelings. He's simply saying, don't be so self-conscious, so concerned about how you come across to others, so interested in what your righteousness says about you, right? The reward for fasting is not found in what other people think about you. Or even in what you think about yourself, the reward for fasting, the reward for being hungry for the bread of life is the bread of life. That's the one reward. The reward is Jesus. And you can have him if you want him. You can have him if you need him. Jesus, who is God in the flesh, manna from heaven, given for our life with God. Jesus, the friend of sinners, who was willing to be associated with bad people like us. Jesus, the healer, who cared for the lives of all Kinds of hurting people, restoring them, healing their afflictions. Jesus, our champion, who faced the devil himself for our sake, overcoming every temptation, staying true to God on our behalf. Jesus, the deliverer, who who freed us from the power of death and hell through his own crucifixion and his resurrection. Jesus, the heavenly bridegroom, who rescued a poorly planned wedding, turning water into wine so that the party could continue as a sign that he is committed to the celebration of love and the union between God and his people. The Jesus we read about in the Gospels, he's the bread of life. We're dependent on him for our life with God. We need to consume him. We need to incorporate him into our life, to have life. So John Piper says, as an act of faith, Christian fasting is a hunger for God, awakened by the taste of God freely given in the Gospel. This is the essence of Christian fasting. We ache and yearn to know more and more of all that God is for us in Jesus, but only because he's already laid hold of us and is drawing us ever forward and upward into all the fullness of God. You're only hungry for him if you've tasted of him. We're hungry for Jesus because he's already nourished us. He's already sustained us. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and we know our need for him. We'll only be satisfied with him, with God. As sinners, our hunger for God... Our fasting probably is not quite what it should be. Right? When is this the last time you even thought about fasting? Um, with our uninterrupted eating, we show that our desire is for no more than earthly bread, that our hope is too often just in the next meal, that we're satisfied with the world and its fruits. It's a good thing then that Jesus went hungry f- for us, He went hungry for us on our behalf in our place. He fasted 40 days in the wilderness, going without anything at all except for the Father's declaration of love to him. This was right after his baptism where he heard the voice of the Father say, This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. That's all he had to hang on to literally as he wandered the wilderness for 40 days, hungry. The devil tempted him during this time to give him the world. To give him the world. But the world wasn't enough for Jesus. Only the Father would be enough for Jesus. His relationship with the Father, that was true food to him. God and God alone was all satisfying to Jesus, as it should be for us. That's how it was for Jesus. Can you imagine what kind of relationship Jesus has with God? He came to share that relationship with you, to give it to you as a gift. His hunger for God is his gift to you. So in this sense, fasting is a gift. Fasting is a gift. It's a strange gift because it's one where we go without the good gift of food for a time. It's a gift of absence. It's a gift of privation. It's a gift of hunger, of need, of a sense of dependence, a strong sense of dependence. Jesus knows his need of the Father, his complete dependence on the Father, and he shares that hunger with us. It is a gift to know your complete dependence on God. It's a gift. Jesus invites us to join him in finding the Father all-satisfying. So fasting is a place where you can meet Jesus, where you can meet him and know him in a hunger that is like his. He calls us to meet him in the secret place, the place where only God sees, this place of true communion with God, even in our fasting, when it seems we're only going hungry, where it seems we're we're, we're hungry for a God who isn't present, that's where we meet him. That's where we meet him. God in the flesh knows what it means to be hungry for God. And when we meet him in our fasting, we will have the reward we sought. We'll have the bread of life, even in our fasting. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we can't live without food. Even more so, we can't live without you. This is reality, whether we know it or not. It's also a hunger that we feel, at least to some small degree, because of your grace. We pray that you would grow this hunger in us. Help us to know how truly satisfying you are. Help us to find in Jesus the bread of life without whom we would die. It's a strange kind of bread we eat in the very act of hungering for you with Jesus. We pray that you would fill us up with his relationship with you, shared with us by your grace. We do mourn the bodily absence of Jesus, and we do long for his presence. Our fast will only end when we see him face to face. So we pray, uh, may that day come quickly. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.